on that fated land, a great war shall transpire. Darkness will prevail, and light expire. This world is full of light. It's a world comprised of many smaller worlds, all connected, stretching as far as the eye can see. One great light protects us all. All worlds share one light, one fate. I take it you're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Yep. In ancient times, people believed that light was a gift from an unseen land. By the name of Kingdom Hearts. But Kingdom Hearts was safeguarded by its counterpart, the Keyblade. Warriors vied for that precious light, thus beginning the Keyblade War. All of this was decided. You really think you can change the future? All of this was decided. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. Sounds like your trip around the world opened your eyes, but you got a little bit more than you anticipated. Must have seen a lot of darkness. So you're saying the weak feel the need to justify their actions to maintain a sense of self. You can't let that slide. You can't let that slide. I suppose letting false light dictate the future might be a pretty lousy move. So, you can make a change. You have that power. What do you want for the world? You believe the world needs you. Sounds like you already know where you're headed. If you truly possess great power, the darkness can't control you. All of this was decided. You really think you can change the future? All of this was decided. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. All of this was decided. Why not just sit back and watch it play out? All of this was decided. May your heart be your guiding key. Who are you, really? Some kind of fortune teller? Well, I could lie, tell you that's what I am, when I'm actually a brilliant artist, even a scholar. I could tell you that I dream of world peace, when I'm actually planning for its destruction. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. All of this was decided. You really think you can change the future? All of this was decided. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. All of this was decided. Why not just sit back and watch it play out? All of this was decided. May your heart be a guiding key. Guiding key. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Landy Lodge. Today, we've got another, another Master of Masters episode for you all. Um, before we get into all of that, 
Let's just first give a lot of love and shout outs to the Sages of the Lodge. Beautiful names you see up on your screen right here. They're YouTube channel members. They uh, subscribe directly with the link in the description or some of them are long tenured Twitch subscribers. Either way, as I always say, all I ask is that you guys are here to hang out and that we have a good time. I'm here and I'm pretty quiet, so I'm gonna turn up my mic all the way. I've been trying, I've noticed I'm clipping the mic on some episodes, so I'm trying to get myself to a volume that's a little bit more acceptable, but maybe I overcompensated and put myself down too low. How are we doing right now? Speak up, Landy. Is it really that low? Much better? We're sounding better now? Again, I feel like I've been clipping my mic too much. So excuse me for putting my microphone maybe a little bit too low to get us started there. But anyway, it's good to hear we're doing much better. Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about the Master of Masters lately. Also, love to the Sages of the Lodge. That's kind of what I was getting into before. Um, and I put out a tweet on New Year's Day asking people a very simple question. Perhaps let me just pull this up before we get into it so I could show you all what's going to, what really spurred what's going to be probably a week and a half, two weeks straight of a lot of Master of Masters content. So check it out. I put this out. I said, okay, look, if you believe Sora is the Master of Masters, what do you believe is the best evidence to support this theory? And don't say they both have blue eyes. I swear to God. Bit too high now. Okay, now we're going down. Now we're going down. There we go. So, this got over 63 replies, 31, uh, not 31 quotes, a number of quote tweets. Basically, it got a lot of attention, and it brought some attention to the Master of Masters that I otherwise wasn't used to. How are we doing? Perfect. Can we meet in the middle? Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So, again... When it comes to Sora and the Master of Masters, I don't believe Sora is the Master of Masters. There's a lot of good stuff in here that we can, according to some funny jokes too, there's a lot of good stuff in here that we'll be able to go over. I'm going to do a whole podcast about connecting Sora and the Master of Masters, but just to give you guys an idea, that's not what we're here to do. We're not talking about whether or not Sora is the Master of Masters. We're not even going to draw too many connections to it. However, you saw that one silver dash that I made it up. So we're not even going to focus too much on that today. Really what I want to talk about at great length is why the Master of Masters is the perfect villain for the Kingdom Hearts series. In particular, why him as a villain would be absolutely perfect for where it appears that the series is going. Now, for me to get into the specifics of all of this, um, I think we might as well just dive head first right in. So without further ado, Let's get started here. I'm going to explain to you all why, to me, I think the Master of Masters is going to be the perfect villain, not just for the next arc of Kingdom Hearts, but for Kingdom Hearts in general. Let's get into it. Okay, so the one of the crazy things about the Master of Masters that putting out that uh, tweet and everyone's responses showed me is that there's actually quite a lot of parallels between the Master of Masters and Sora, and I think it's a lot of those parallels that lead people down the road of Sora might be the Master of Masters. And look, I'm not going to invalidate the idea that Sora is the Master of Masters. I personally don't buy it. 
but there are a lot of parallels and potential connections between the Master of Masters and Sora that even make a theory like that viable in the slightest. Now, if we want to talk about the direct parallels between the two, uh, I'm actually going to go top down on this one. Let's start with probably the most profound connection between both of these characters, and it's actually going to be about an experience the two of them about a particular experience the two of them share. So I want to play this particular scene from Union Cross. We're going to jump around a little bit. By the way, what's going on, Lands? What's going on to Snake Boy? And Umbra, we got them all here. We got them all here. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention. We have a new feature here at the Lodge. When the time comes and I'm responding to chats, we're going to pull those the direct chats I'm responding to, we're going to pull right up on the screen. Because I know I have a habit of reading these things really fast, and sometimes people don't know exactly what the question is. So we have a way now that when I'm responding to some of you in the chat, or if any of you throw in a super chat, I can actually pull the, the chat message up here on screen again. Just so people who may not be listening to every word I say, I know a lot of people listen to me. I've had truck drivers tell me they listen to the show a lot when they're driving. People listen while at work. So just to have a visual that we could reference, I think is going to take us a long way. Now, again, new year, baby, 2024. We're elevating the lodge. It's how we do things. Anyway, let's, let's get into it a little bit here. I want to go over this particular scene. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, I'm going to read some of the dialogue out loud, particularly the dialogue I find most important. Let me just make sure I have this playing back in my ear. Yes, I do. Okay. So take note of how the master talks about his previous bouts with darkness and how those particular bouts played out. And then I'm going to draw some parallels to that in Sora. But first things first, let's hear it straight from the master's mouth. Let's watch this scene. Lushu says, well, I should be going then. Let me pull this out a little bit. Master says, oh, right, there's one more thing. Take note of this. Lushu replies, there's still more. I've said this before, but I've been fighting the darkness for a long time. When darkness cast away its physical form, it attacked people's hearts. So let's pause right there. We're going to come back to this. But take note that that kind of soft confirms that darkness used to have a physical form and that's very interesting we'll get into it later but let's keep going i've lost some comrades because of that so it sounds like to me hold on however when throwing away its physical form it also loses sight of its purpose and that's where we are now so it seemed to me like the light the, the battle between light and darkness used to be something purely physical and then perhaps somewhere along the way darkness itself um, concluded that it was going to lose the physical battle, so it went somewhere metaphysical. It got rid of its form, it became formless, and now it attacks people's hearts. And kind of now it's a battle within. Instead of battle of might, it's now a battle of wits. That's kind of what the darkness is gambling on. But as the master said, upon losing its physical form, it also lost sight of its purpose. Now, keep in mind what he said earlier, though. When it comes to drawing these parallels to Sora, he talks about how in his battle with the darkness, he lost some comrades. Now, let's skip ahead a little bit here. He goes on to talk about his plan with the foretellers, encasing the darknesses within them. We've discussed that at nauseum, but it's not what we're here to discuss today. Take note of what he says right about here. So the master says, the conflict 
Okay, hold on. That's not quite it. That's not quite it. Okay. Perfect, perfect. Here it is right here. So after he tells the plan to Lushu, Lushu essentially says, how can I accept this? Too many people are being sacrificed. The master says, I already told you. Here we go. We must not let our goal be clouded by feelings. It's a terrible tragedy and a cruel fate for those whose hearts are stolen by the darkness. I've seen many people I loved and many of my friends' hearts falling into darkness. So keeping all that in mind, why don't we travel over here and watch this unravel? And you guys let me know if it rings any bells. Because I'm pretty sure this now creates a direct experience that both Sora and the Master of Masters can share. As we're going to see in this scene when the darkness comes, let's, let's skip ahead a little bit to when things get really tragic. But overall, and don't worry, Zane, we'll get into the moral ambiguity. But overall, Sora and the Master of Masters now have an experience with darkness that they can relate to. The Master of Masters lost friends and loved ones to darkness, and Sora here in the Keyblade graveyard experiences something very similar. Now, Sora is able to restore fate, or rather restore the Guardians of Light and change fate. It looks like the Master of Masters either wasn't able to do that, didn't do that, or is in the process of doing that. Um, however, with that said, this, gives, this makes the future confrontation between Sora and the Master of Masters very interesting. Because now I wonder, is the Master of Masters, and again, this is one of the things that make him a good villain, right? Or would make him the perfect villain. Because to me, guys, I don't know about you, to me, I think the best villains are the ones who are a mirror image of the protagonist. In the way the Joker is a mirror image to Batman. You know what I mean? When you have that mirror image villain, it always creates an exciting environment for characters to interact within. Now, with that said, given that both Sora and the Master of Masters share this experience, I can see the Master of Masters using that as a way to manipulate Sora. He can use that against Sora, use that as a way to manipulate Sora. And we'll talk about the Master of Masters and manipulation later, but he's a very manipulative guy. Right, the master of masters, he understands what I said before. It's not a battle of might, it's a battle of wits. And that's why we never see the master of masters take his keyblade out. We never see the master of masters initiate violence. He is in the game of wits. He's not in the game of might. Now, with that said, excuse me, with that said, I can see him using this as a means of manipulating Sora. Adversely, I can see Sora using this as a way to empathize with the master, right? Maybe the master of masters is coming from this place of like, nobody knows what I've had to put up with. Nobody knows what I went through. But Sora can stand there on the other side and be like, no, I know what it's like to lose everyone you love. I know what it's like for the darkness to take everybody's hearts and to just rip them from you. Again, you're, you're looking at it right on the screen right here. Both of them had a similar experience. And one of the reasons why I think it creates such an interesting parallel is it, it can create a way for Sora to relate to the master and a way for the master to manipulate Sora. That said, take a drink of water for the hardworking men and women at Square Enix. Okay, let's talk about some other parallels between the two. On one hand, if you notice, Sora has always had a very silly, goofy demeanor. And as we see from the Master of Masters, they share that demeanor entirely. They have a parallel demeanor in the sense that they're loose, 
they're goofy now. Their personalities are very different. Again, the master's very controlling. He's very manipulative. He's very tactical. Those three words are not don't compute with Sora at all. But in terms of their demeanor, their sort of goofy, silly, hang loose kind of demeanor, the two of them are very similar, which is like, it could be funny to watch the two. I, like, wouldn't it be funny to see the two of them get along like a house on fire? Like before Sora even knows who the master is, the master starts like befriending him and like making jokes with him. And the two, just imagine you're watching the hero and the villain before the hero really knows who he is. The two of them just getting along, making jokes. Like maybe the master is the only one who understands Sora's sense of humor. It's stuff like that that makes this a very interesting parallel between the two. Now, let's, uh, let's, let's move over here for a little bit. Another interesting parallel between the two essentially would be that both of them are aligned with the light over the darkness, right? Now, Sora and the Guardians, they see how darkness is half of everything and how it's supposed to be a balance and play into everything. But at the end of the day, the Guardians are more in line with the light than they are the dark, Sora, most notably. Excuse me. So, seeing as both the Master of Masters and Sora seem to identify more with the light than the darkness, this again creates another parallel between the two characters that could make for interesting interactions, interesting disputes, or like I said before, we could even watch the two of them get along, which would be a crazy thing to, uh, crazy thing to experience. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what the chat is getting into here. Light being explored in a negative context could be, should be intriguing, says Zane. Yeah, we'll definitely get more into that. Differences, one is a kid and the other is, a, is an adult. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of differences between the Master of Masters and Sora, and we'll definitely get into those soon. But again, the parallels cannot be ignored. Looking at this from a tarot perspective, they play the role of the fool or hero. Well, it's funny you say that because when you look at it from a tarot perspective, the fool is the precursor to the hero, right? Every hero started off as a fool and the fool is always the precursor to the hero. You, uh, you might see this used in a Persona game, right? Persona uses a lot of that tarot imagery and that's, you know, the fool is a good example for that. Okay, let's see. Scasfish says, I cannot wait for their interactions. I really can't. I really think they're going to get along at first. Like, I really think they're going to get along at first. Maybe I'm crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd love to see the Master of Masters and Sora's interaction, says Vitran. It it would make, it, it's going to make for some very fun and interesting stuff. But let's move on from that. That's the first reason I think the Master of Masters would make a perfect villain. Um, at the end of the day, it's always good for the villain and the, <clears throat> for the villain and the hero to be parallels of one another. And again, going back into what we were talking about with the Master of Masters losing his friends and Sora having this experience in the Keyblade graveyard, what, to me, what good storytelling between a hero and a villain more often than not is, is the hero and the villain, they represent a fork in the road, right? The hero and the vi villain, they have this uniting experience and the hero goes one way and the villain goes another. There's this fork in the road, right? And Sora takes it this way the master takes it another. And we'll get into more detail on that later, but let's go and uh, let's roll into reason number two that I think the master of masters will be the perfect villain in Kingdom Hearts. 
Okay. So, to get into the moral nuance of light versus dark that the Master of Masters and the Lost Masters arc will introduce, we first need to discuss how the Dark Seeker saga ended and Xehanort's motives and goals in particular. Because I think a lot of people get this mixed up. I think a lot of people... And again, there, there's there's some fault to be laid on the localization team who otherwise did a very good job with Kingdom Hearts. There's just a handful of lines and moments that I think they didn't get right. There's a blaring issue with Xehanort's ending. We'll talk about that. I'll clarify it. But before we get into what the Master will introduce in terms of light and dark nuance, we have to discuss, have to discuss where Xehanort was coming from. Now, a lot of people in my opinion, misunderstood. Not a lot of people. Some people misunderstood Ze- misunderstood Xehanort. They thought he was just this monster that wanted nothing but darkness. But go to Birth by Sleep, guys. Go to the early scenes of Birth by Sleep between him and Ericus. You know from the beginning, Xehanort's position always was that light and darkness are a balance, right? That light and darkness are a balance. Forget good and evil. The world needs to maintain its balance. And too much darkness or too much light equivocally can be a bad thing. So think about for a minute Kingdom Hearts 1, right? When we started Kingdom Hearts 1, darkness was the enemy, right? The heartless, handsome, darkness was the enemy. Because we didn't really have a lot of context to how this world worked, who everybody was, where everything came from. There wasn't a lot of context. But part of the Dark Seeker saga is as the saga carried on and as more entries into the series uh, were released, the moral nuance of light and dark started to soften. Even by the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, it was no longer light, good, dark, bad. That was no longer a thing. Now, to reintroduce that concept, you had birth by sleep right? Where you saw the dangers of someone like Ericus thinking darkness is unequivocally bad, right? And it just needs to be snuffed out. Now, believe it or not, it would appear that Xehanort and Sora actually believe in the balance of light and dark. The two of them just wanted to go about it a different way. Xehanort wanted absolute tyrannical control, which he will say in the scene. Sora basically said that Look, you're free to try and control the things that are within your destiny, but to try and control others' destiny or destiny itself is is malevolent or it's malicious or it's, at the very least, not a good idea, right? Because Sora wasn't, um, how do you put it? Sora wasn't, it wasn't beyond Sora to change fate, but he accepted the consequences of changing fate. Xehanort wanted to control fate without consequence. That's kind of what this whole reset with Kingdom Hearts was all about. Now, we'll get into it after the scene, but the way this is different with the Master is the Master is not about the balance between light and darkness. No, 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 no. The Master wants to snuff out darkness. He wants darkness out of the equation completely, which is very different from Xehanort. But just to reiterate and make our point here, I'm going to let this scene with Xehanort play. We'll verify what his position was and how this differs from the master moving forward. And we are off. But the first light, the light of Kingdom Hearts, it can give us a new start. An empty world, pure and bright. So, I was talking about the localization earlier. That's supposed to be pure and blank. Not pure and bright, pure and blank, in the sense that the world is a blank slate, so he can impose his will on it. 
I understand that the pure and bright got people confused because it seemed like he was alluding to something bright and heavenly. But what he really meant in the Japanese sub is a blank slate, pure, without darkness, untainted. It wasn't your decision to make. Then whose was it? <sighs> the world needs someone to stand up and lead. Someone strong. To stop the weak from polluting the world with their endless darkness. Someone to dictate their destiny. Okay, again. Someone to dictate their destiny. There's some parallels with the Master here, because again, I think the Master of Masters and Xehanort have their own parallels. I've said a lot of times that the Master of Masters is really just like Xehanort to the 10th power. But it's very interesting to see that philosophically, the Master of Masters and Xehanort are very, very, very different. Again, Xehanort believes in the balance of light and dark. The Master of Masters wants to snuff out darkness completely. Again, the two of them could not be more different. If so, you are not that person, Xehanort. Mm. A real leader knows that destiny is beyond his control and accepts that. And again, obviously that's in reference to the fact that, yeah, even though Sora changed fate, he's not free of consequence. You know, he's going to die. He's going to go to Quadratum, right? He, he doesn't control Destiny. If Sora could control Destiny the way Xehanort wanted to, he'd be on Destiny Islands with everybody. But he accepted that he doesn't have that kind of control, as opposed to Xehanort, who wanted that kind of control. So now let's throw this in the back. I don't think there's any particular lines from here we need to listen to. But with that context in mind, right, consider that Xehanort and the Master of Masters have two very different philosophies. But... Keep in mind that the Master of Masters, in a lot of ways, was the one to sort of enable this. He was the one to kind of push that philosophy on Xehanort, even though it was very different from the philosophy he held for himself. So, again, going with the moral nuance of light and dark, in one sense we have that he introduces a new conversation, as opposed to light versus dark, or, you know, is the balance of light and dark necessary? Now it's more of a question of, do we need darkness at all? Now, of course, I know where I stand on that. I'm actually with Xehanort and the Guardians, that you need a balance of light and dark. Xehanort believes that without somebody controlling that balance, it's bound to get out of hand in either direction. Um, Sora and the Guardians' position is that it's nobody's call to have that kind of control. And the consequences of nobody controlling fate is incumbent on everybody to accept. Now, now, here's the interesting thing. We have somebody who is on the side of light, who wants to kill darkness for good. That's the master of masters, right? He aligns himself with the light. At least that's how he speaks. He aligns himself with the light and he wants to remove darkness from the equation. Completely remove it. We now have somebody on the light side that we need to stop. We now have somebody who believes in light over darkness, but remember when Xehanort talked about, what did he say? He talked about in Birth by Sleep, the tyranny of light, that Ericus was blind 
to the tyranny of light. Let me just adjust myself here. That he was blind to it. The master of masters to me, he represents that tyranny of light. This is the moral nuance that's being introduced. Is the master of masters and his plan is going to show us what a world of overwhelming light looks like. Xehanort, in a sense, was going to introduce this world of overwhelming darkness, in a sense, to reset everything. Whereas the Master of Masters, he, in a sense, represents a world of overwhelming light, where there's no darkness. The light no longer casts a shadow. Instead of guiding you, it's going to blind you. That's the, that's, that's the light versus dark conniption we're on now, is what the Master of Masters is going to show us, is that without the darkness there, you're going to be blinded by the light. So, of course, this, pardon my French, but of course this motherfucker's out here like, you know, the, the truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. Of course you're going to say that because he wants so much light that you're going to be blind. You're going to be blind to the control that he's imposing. You're going to be blind to the will he's imposing, the manipulation he's imposing. You know, that darkness is necessary. And we know that, but now with the Master of Masters and the Lost Masters arc, we're going to see that play itself out. As Umbra says, may your heart be your blinding key. But let's see, uh, let's see what the chat's getting on about. Let's pull you guys up, see what you have to say. Okay. Addison Sanders says, ooh, we gotta, we gotta give you a little more breathing room. The Master of Masters eliminating darkness is basically saying you want to throw the world into chaos because, hold on, maybe you go down even more. Ah, it doesn't pull up the full message, but I'll read it. Chaos, because light casts shadows. You can't have one without the other. Exact. Could not have said it better myself. I love the darkness in my heart as much as the light, and there are times where sometimes I wish I could be more light, but lately I've been accepting it, accepting it thanks to them. You know, at the end of the day, and I think I know how to fix this. I'll, um, I'll switch the, I'll lower the text size. This way more of the things can fit. But yeah, no, listen, uh, uh, I think Kingdom Hearts with the whole darkness thing, it really goes back into integrating your shadow uh, based on a lot of Carl Jung's work. But let's keep this rolling. The Master of Masters seems like someone who's been through trauma. I wonder if it's someone we actually know. I don't think it'll be a character we know. At least that's my pre preferred outcome. Hey, 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 shout out to, I'm going to give this my best shot. Shout out to Rionsuke Akutagawa. Rionsuke Atagawa. Rionsuke Atuka Akutagawa, Junior Sage of the Lodge. Welcome aboard, chat. Please welcome Rionsuke to the Sage of the Lodge. Welcome aboard. Okay. I figured that's what the Master of Masters wanted, the balanced people. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. I wonder how the Master of Masters would react to Riku or Roxas, beings that utilize both light and darkness. It would probably be hearsay. He, I think, is smart enough to know it wouldn't be hearsay. I think the foretellers would be the ones who had a really uh, bad reaction. Shadow Flare says, welcome to the sages. Welcome aboard. <laughs> welcome to the organization, says the Master of Masters. Grace Kim says, you guys having fun doing theory time. That's what we're here to do. Dominic says, what if Quadratum is the world of light the master made, but that's why he couldn't see it, and when Sora arrives, the inherent darkness comes out of the world? You know, that's not a bad idea, but I'm not sure he meant that he can't see it. Like, literally, he said couldn't conceive, but it could be either way. It could be either way. Zane says, whatever he went through must have been really heavy. 
You know, let me see something. Let me see something real quick. No, no, that's good. Yeah. He's obsessed with a with control as a way to cope. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Because we're going to talk about the master and his love of control later. That's going to be a big topic coming up. But let me make sure. Actually, I took my notes. Did I say everything I wanted to say? Yes, I did. Oh, and it's the idea now. I was kind of getting into it. But now that light is going to be antagonistic, right? Xehanort used a lot of darkness. And darkness was always our antagonist. Like the Dark Seeker saga, darkness was our antagonist. Darkness was a means for Xehanort to usher in his world of balance. But now... Our antagonist is one of light who wants to use light as a way to usher in a world of only light. Now, with that said, let's move on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to I wanna show one message from my man, Lands and Masters, who says, Ased and Envy would freak. Yeah, they saw Riku and Roxas using darkness. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the next one. Okay, so the mystery, the mystery, the mystery. I mean, if you've been playing Kingdom Hearts this long, odds are you probably like, you probably enjoy the mysterious. You probably enjoy being left in the dark. You enjoy the mystery. I've always said Kingdom Hearts is like a psychedelic fairy tale mystery novel. Like, that's the fun of it. So... With Kingdom Hearts having mystery and the mysterious so embedded into its DNA, the master of masters himself literally embodies that mystery in one persona. And when we consider it, guys, all the most interesting mysteries of the Kingdom Hearts series currently run through the master of masters. Almost all of them. Like, the black box is a big mystery put upon by the master of masters. The Master of Masters' identity literally has become a big mystery. What the Master wants to do in Quadratum, it's the idea we literally have this character who, and and for a long time, (coughs) excuse me, freaking out here, but for a long time, his plans and motives were a big mystery. We only just got it in the Union Cross finale. So the Master of Masters himself represents this, this mystery and with mystery being so embedded into the Kingdom Hearts DNA, this is what makes him such a compelling villain. I mean, the guy has had almost no screen time, and everybody wants to know everything about him. So, to me, another reason why he's such a perfect villain for the Kingdom Hearts series is that he embodies this mysterious nature. He embodies this mysterious sort of venture that we're on, in the sense that we want to know more about him. We want to know what's in the box. We want to know what he looks like. We want to know more about his backstory. He, in a sense, completely, completely amplifies the entire mysterious nature of Kingdom Hearts. Because, again, we had a lot. We've had a lot of loose ends tied up. Had a lot of loose ends tied up. You know, given we're still waiting on Subject X and a number of other things. But the Master of Masters himself... There's a lot of loose ends, baby. And I have a feeling that even when we get his identity, even when we get some of these questions answered, I just think there's always going to be a mysterious nature about the guy. But yeah, again, when you consider 
that mystery is so embedded in the Kingdom Hearts DNA and that so much mystery surrounds the master, the black box, his plans, past, all of that, it becomes super, super obvious why he's going to make such a quintessential villain for the series. Again, this is one of the quicker reasons. I really don't have much more to add about this. Um, but let's see what the chat has to say about all this. Addison Sanders says it right there perfectly. Answers equals more questions. That's how it works in the Kingdom Hearts series. By the way, guys on Twitch, I'm sorry I don't have the means of embedding the Twitch chats yet. So I'm sorry I'm not able to do that. But the Snake Boy says those loose ends got to be tied up at some point, and they will be. But again, as Addison Sanders says here, one loose end tied up, two more loose ends go up. Megalo Blazemon says, I guarantee Master of Masters is a familiar face. And I think if he does end up being a familiar face, it'll be because he stole somebody's body. If the black box is heavy, then it could be thousands of heartless inside of it. I don't think that would be it. I think his plan is a little bit bigger than that. Let's hear from our newest sage, uh, Rion Suke, who says, maybe it was an unintentional glitch, but the Sora eye glitch might need to be taken into account. We're going to talk about that on a note. We're going to do a whole Master of Masters and Connections to Sora episode next week. So we'll definitely circle back on that. The Snake Boy says, I really believe the Master is the Lucifer version of Kingdom Hearts, to be honest. The Snake Boy, have you actually seen my theory on that? I did a whole, like, big theory years ago about all the parallels the Master of Masters has to Lucifer. Let me know if you've seen that. I'll drop, it in, I'll drop a link in the chat because I'm on that same wavelength. All right, let's keep it going. Okay. I wonder if the gazing eye can see Quadratum. Oop, excuse me. I wonder if the gazing eye can see Quadratum without any light or darkness. Ah, uh, that's a good question. We know that for some reason it can't see the missing link. Um, that it can't see the missing link. The Scala from missing link. But maybe that's true for Quadratum as well. I like this theory from Zane. I think that he has Yazora's original body. I think so too. Because if you go into the data greeting of Kingdom Hearts 3, you see that Yazora is way taller than all the other characters. He has a similar stature to the Master of Masters. Megalo Blazemon says, 100%, I think he's someone we know presently, but in a different body or his original body. Yeah, I don't think he original his original body would be someone we know, but I do think it's very possible that somewhere along the way, he takes Yazora's body, Sora's body, you name it, you name it. Okay. So yeah, since Lucifer is the... All right. Let's move on to the next reason. Again, this is a relatively shorter one. I've got a couple more and then we can get into just chats. But uh, yeah, let's keep this rolling into reason number four on why the Master Masters will be the perfect villain. <laughs> So another thing that's going to make the Master of Masters absolutely quintessential to the next saga is that he is going to call in the morals of the Guardians into question. Weird, I can't find your Lucifer video anywhere. It's the, uh, it's the one about whether the Masters revealed his identity. I'll go grab it. I'll grab it. And I'll link it in both channels. Yeah, this was, a, this was the video that got my uh, channel off the ground, so to speak. Okay, let me just grab this. 
and I'll throw it into both chats in case people are curious. Umbra got it. Okay, Umbra's got it over on Twitch. Perfect. All right, but getting back into this. So, the Master of Masters is going to call into question the morality of the series. You know, and even though some of those answers may be obvious to us, they're not so obvious to the Guardians or the people who are there. Let me, uh, let me think, where can I start? I, I took a lot of notes on this. Okay. Perfect. So, we talked earlier about the parallels between Sora and uh, the Master of Masters. So can you imagine a scenario, right? And let's cut to, let's cut to this stuff right here. Can you imagine a scenario where, the ma where Sora finds out the Master of Masters plan and turns out the Master of Masters is doing everything he's doing to restore all the people he's lost, right? We talked about earlier how just like Sora lost all his loved ones and friends here in the Keyblade graveyard, the Master of Masters, he lost a lot of his loved ones and friends in his battle with the darkness from, you know, days of Kingdom Hearts past, the pre-Union Cross era. Consider this. Can you imagine Sora learning these plans and saying, I'm going to stop you, and the Master of Masters saying, how come you get to change fate and get to play God when it comes to saving your friends, but I don't get to, right? Now, we know the answer to that, right? It's what we were talking about earlier. There's a difference between doing everything you can to change an outcome and playing God and literally changing outcomes without consequence. However, I can see a scenario where the Master of Masters is like, hey, this is, a, you know, he's not going to outright say this, but in a series all about friendships and saving your friends, if he's a guy willing to go to the extreme to save his friends and loved ones and we have to stop him? Right? Because it wasn't like Xehanort was saying, even though this may have been part of his mo motive, it wasn't like embedded in his motive was, I miss all my friends from Dark Road. You know, uh, I miss Hermod. I miss Braggy. I miss all those people that I lost. I'm doing this just so I can bring them back. That wasn't really there. He had bigger ambitions. They were a little bit more, they were a little bit more grandiose and not that the master isn't being grandiose but i can see a scenario where he calls into question of how come the guardians get to play god with saving their friends but me the master of masters doesn't get to do it and again i see how that could play out i see where that would go but i think it could make for a lot of interesting conversations another thing that i could see it bringing into question is the question of self-preservation which is something square enix likes to play with a lot the idea that at the end of the day villains are just trying to preserve uh, themselves and that self-preservation can be taken down both a good and evil route. Um, there hasn't been a lot of that self-preservation talk in Kingdom Hearts, so I wonder if the Master of Masters can bring something like that up. But again, I don't have too much to say about that. Let's talk about something a little bit more... A little bit more... We're going to go down a road. We're going to go down a road, Okay. We're about to go down a road, so prepare yourself. When we talk about the Master of Masters and how he would be a perfect villain for the next saga and how he would call into question a lot of the morality of the series, a lot of the lessons of the series, a lot of the things that we take for granted or might be the norm. So to talk about that, we're going to do a little caveat, and you'll see where I'm going with this. You'll see where I'm going with this. We're going to do a little caveat, and we're going to talk about None other than the man, Yen Sid. Because I think the answer as to why Yen Sid gave up his Keyblade is hiding right inside of here. Right inside of this question of the master calling all this into question and putting it under investigation. 
Um, I think Young, I think Yen Sid, the answer to why he doesn't have a Keyblade lies in this. So allow me to propose this. We know that Yen Sid gave up being a Keyblade. He's no longer a Keyblade master. Why? I think Yen Sid concluded something. I think Yen Sid observed a pattern within the world of Kingdom Hearts that he has to break, a cycle that he has to break. Consider for a moment how the master-student relationship went between uh, Ericus and Terra. Do you guys remember how that ended? Do you remember how that master-student relationship between Ericus and Terra ended? Do you remember how it ended between Ericus and Ventus? It didn't go too well, did it? It didn't go too well, did it? By the way, when we think about, uh, when we think about, uh, oop, wrong one. And by the way, when we think about the master of masters and all of his apprentices, how did all that go? How did all that go with all of them infighting each other and causing a Keyblade war? I think Yen Sid noticed something. I, I, I really do. I think the reason Yen Sid gave up being a Keyblade master is because he concluded that being a Keyblade master, mentoring other Keyblade wielders, clouds the mind. I think he concluded the only way to actually train Keyblade Masters is to give up the Keyblade, right? Think about the way uh, Edward Elric gives up. Oh, God, I don't want to get... Oh, I almost gave spoilers. I almost gave spoilers. But think about the end of Full Metal Alchemist. Think about the end of Avatar. Think about the end of a lot of these things where it's like giving up the power becomes the answer, right? So I think that with Yen Sid, he concluded that if he is going to train Keyblade wielders and raise new Keyblade masters, he himself has to give up the Keyblade because he saw how Ericus was able to strike down or attempt to strike down his own pupil and how he broke out into a violent fight with his own pupil. If Yen Sid doesn't wield a Keyblade, him and his pupil can't get into a fight. I think there's something philosophical in there because even though he gave up being a Keyblade Master, it's not like he turned his back on the Keyblade legacy. He just concluded that for some reason he had to give it up. And I think it's connected to the idea that that's what's necessary in order to train new Keyblade Masters. Again, we saw how the Master of Masters mentoring his foretellers. How did that go? Infighting, corruption, darkness, apocalypse. We saw how Ericus mentoring Keyblade wielders, how that went. Literally had got struck down by his own student when he was trying to strike down a student of his own. So again, I think with Yen Sid, he observed these patterns. And again, I think he has a book of prophecies. I could be wrong about that. Just a personal theory of mine. I think he observed these patterns and said, I'm going to break the cycle. I'm going to break the cycle. I'm going to do it different. Because that's just where I'm coming from. Again, I mean, even look at, um, what's it called? Perfect, perfect. Let me bring this into, uh, let me bring this up. I have another example I could show you guys. Let's pull up right over here. Another interesting thing, another interesting thing about the master calling everything into question. Why don't you take a listen? Now, keep in mind, Yen Sid sees legitimacy in the Mark of Mastery exam. He gave the exam to, to Sora and Riku. So Yen Sid sees legitimacy in the Mark of Mastery exam. But why don't we all take a minute and see what the Master of Masters 
thinks of the Markham Mastery exam. Who knows? My training's coming to an end, and the exam's not far off. Maybe I can gain some clarity then. You're letting the exam decide? Somebody doesn't see a whole lot of legitimacy in this sort of exam. And to, to be fair, and remember, he set up the foretellers to fail. So he can know this and do it on purpose because he knows that it'll sow corruption, right? Because at the end of the day, the foretellers placing so much trust in the master of masters is ultimately what led to their downfall. The master abused that mentor to, um, the master abused that mentor to student relationship. So he's well aware of all that. Now keep in mind, how did the exam go for Odin, Ericus, and Xehanort, and Scala and Kylum? That didn't go too well for them either. You catch my drift? There's something about this where it doesn't tend to go well. And I think Yen Sid observed this, and I think the Master of Masters calls it into question. Let's see if there's anything else at the end here. Listen to me. The results don't matter. You believe the world needs you. Sounds like you already know where you're headed. So there you go. Now, let's look at this from a different angle. Let's look at this from a different angle. Let's talk about Lushu. It's time. It's time. It's time to talk about Lushu. So I brought up earlier, right, about how, again, with calling the, the Guardian's morality into question, that the Master of Masters deliberately is doing things very differently from, say, Yen Sid, or the outcomes are very different. Lushu is the Master of Masters' prized apprentice. Prized apprentice. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's, I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to backtrack. Give me a second here. Let's go back to this. Let's go back to this for a second. Again, we talk about them calling the series morality into question. Let's go back to this scene. Sora's making it very clear that control is not the answer. That absolute control is not the answer. You do everything you can to your own ability and you accept the outcome, you accept the consequences. However, Sora stands in stark contrast to this idea of control. Now, allow me to explain. Literally, everything about the Master of Masters is about control. This is where the Master of Masters and Sora are going to differentiate the most because the Master of Masters is all about control. Book of Prophecies, all about control. The Black Box, all about control. The Foretellers all having their own role, all about control. The idea of a traitor, all about control. This is the Master of Masters M.O. It stands in such stark contrast to what Sora had to say at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. So keeping that in mind, everything with the Master is about control. Whereas, take Yen Sid, for example, when we think about Dream Drop Distance, he, kind of, he let Sora and Riku go out there and do it for themselves, right? He didn't give them the answers. He didn't tell them exactly what they had to do. He doesn't give them a role. You know what I mean? He lets them, he sends them out for themselves as opposed to the master who chose everybody's role, who, who um, basically dictated certain events, um, propagandized and manipulated his followers so that it would sow seeds of discord and doubt and darkness. You get my point. Now let's get back to Lucian. Now let's get back to Lushu. I'm ready for it. Now let's get back to Lushu. Lushu was the master of masters 
prized apprentice. Number one apprentice. Number one guy. But he's also the master of masters, ultimate prisoner. He is completely under the master's control. To the point it's actually quite tragic. So hear me out. Hear me out. Lu Xu has both no-name Keyblade and the black box inevitably tied to him. He has to follow these two things around, most notably the no-name Keyblade. The master always has his eye on Lu Xu. Everything Lu Xu sees or does with the no-name Keyblade is written in the Book of Prophecies. Now, I made some videos a while back. The sins of the foretellers and the foretellers virtues. Essentially, for those who don't know, the foretellers are all named after the Latin words for the seven deadly sins. Ava is short for avarisha, which means greed. Lushu is a direct translation to lust. Um, envy is short for invidia, which means envy. You get the point. Now, the foretellers aren't necessarily based on the seven deadly sins. They're actually, their personalities are mostly based on the corresponding virtue to the seven deadly sins. Now, what do I mean by that? Whatever the antonym to the seven deadly sin they're named after is, that's kind of the basis of their personality. Allow me to demonstrate. Think about a sed, right? A sed is short for asedia, which is sloth. Now, a sed might seem like anything but a sloth, right? He's very rambunctious. He's very driven. Well, that's because the corresponding virtue to sloth is diligence, which is exactly what it said is, diligent, driven. So while their personalities might be very much based in the virtue, the master uses the corresponding sin to manipulate them. So for instance, Ased's role was to push Ira in the right direction. That was his role. But along the way, Ased abandons his role and decides that he needs to be the leader. So he became, a, he was so... He, he became, how do I put it? He was a sloth when it came to the role the master gave him and the master used that diligence against him. Now, take Lushu, for example. Actually, let's use, let's use, um, what's another great example? Uh, gula. Gula is the, is the Latin word for gluttony. Now, how does Gula's story end in Union Cross? He wants to get all the lux. He wants to gather all the lux. He's this glutton who's like, I have to go to gather all the lux and summon kingdom hearts. But what's the corresponding virtue? Temperance. You know, being able to withhold. And what's his role? His role is to keep the lost page a secret, that temperance. His role is based in this temperance of keeping that lost page to himself and finding out who the traitor is. He kind of becomes an island in that sense. And that's what drives him towards madness and the darkness is that role. So with that said, with that said, why don't we take it all the way back to Lushu, all the way back to Lushu, who his Latin sin, the word Lushu, translates to lust. And the opposite of lust is uh, to abstain. To abstain, right? Lust is almost like to lust after something and give in. The corresponding virtue would be abstinence, to abstain from something. Now, Lushu has to abstain from reading the Book of Prophecies. He has to abstain from opening the black box. He has to abstain from using the no-name keyblade because he has to keep passing it on. The Master of Masters turned Lushu into this ultimate prisoner under his thumb. And when you get to the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 and his role is done, there's a sense of relief like he's free. 
And all the while, he was lusting after the Keyblade, or at least playing that role. You know what I mean? So, keeping that in mind, it creates a direct... Think of the contrast it creates between the Master of Masters and how he's treating Lushu, and Yen Sid and how he's treating Sora, Riku, Kairi. You see such a difference between the two. But the, but the thing with the master is he believes the ends justify the means, right? If we take it back to that Union Cross scene, he's saying, hey, I'm not sacrificing anybody. We're going to save them. So to him, the means completely justify, completely justify, the ends completely justify the means, rather. So it creates such a stark contrast between the two. Now, think that's everything I wanted to say about the morals being called into question. Again, you have the master who is someone so controlling, and then you have um, Sora and the Guardians who kind of embody this opposite. But let's see what the chat is getting on about before we move on to our final reason why he would be the perfect. That is massive. Yeah, when you string it all together, man, it, it, it makes sense. The ends don't always justify the means. It, I agree. And that's where the Guardians come from. But the Master, he's all about this. He's all about this. Okay. I think Lushu is a younger Master of Masters fixing his own mistakes. Very well might be. Very well might be. I think that's a great idea. There was a traitor, Lushu. Yeah, and I think Lushu is going to betray the Master again. The Master is doing this on purpose. You know what I mean? The Master is... It's almost like the Master is playing the role of the villain. Right, that's the thing. He's that's what makes the master interesting is that he's not quite a villain in the sense, but like he he he's playing this role. And the reason why he's treating Lushu like a prisoner is because he wants Lushu to betray him. He wants Lushu to to You get you get the point. Let's move on. Okay. Also, people never talk about why Master Master and Lushu have black cloaks. Or at least why Lushu needed it back then, but doesn't need it anymore. Although he does still wear it. Never mind. The Master of Masters says it's because he's scared of darkness. But I wonder if maybe having the cloak on keeps darkness from tracking you. You know? I wonder if that's part of it too. Okay. Okay. If Lushu doesn't betray the Master of Masters, the Master of Masters doesn't exist. Username checks out. He helped save Brain and tried to help bring back the others like Strelitzia. Lushu was trying to disobey him. Abs I, I could not agree with you more. I, I could not agree with you more. That's what he wants. Exactly, playing the role. But is it because to make the world better, some will lose the control they have? Yeah. That's going to be his position. That's ultimately going to be his position. Those who are familiar with the end of Persona 5 Royal or the end of Naruto Shippuden, I think the Master has similar ideas. I wonder, how did the Master of Masters come in possession of so many dark items if he hates the dark, Slanch wants to exterminate the dark? I think it's because he has a history with darkness. You know? Lushu's behavior as Zigbar... <clears throat> Feels like a manifestation of unresolved resentment towards the master. It, it would seem that way. I, I've got a feeling, and you know what? We're going to talk more about this on Sunday. Lands of Masters and I are doing a uh, the one about Ava stream. Uh, the one about Ava episode. So we're going to talk about it. I, I think Lushu and Ava struck a deal. I think Lushu and Ava struck a deal. 
I played both. Persona 5 Royal is really good. Can't wait for Persona 3 Reload. Me neither. But you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I think the Master of Masters and Maruki have similar ideas. I think he has only a heart under the coat, and taking the coat off makes it easy for him to be conquered by darkness. Yeah, I wonder if he's a heart, just a heart, in the way like Xehanort's heart traveling to Destiny Islands in just a hood and a cloak was. I wonder if it's the same. I think Lushu is a younger master of masters. That could be why he is the master of masters, because unlike Lushu, he perhaps threw away the recusin sigil so darkness couldn't track him. Yes. Yes. Ever notice the symbol etched atop Yen Sid's chair? Could it possibly mean anything? Let's let's check that out. Now I gotta get that in view, man. Just trying to get it in view. It's, they're hiding it. They won't ever show it. That's interesting. Like, none of these shots show it. Ooh, ooh, I think that was pretty good. Trying to get to it. Ooh. All right, let me try a different clip. Maybe in the Melody and Memory clip it's a little... Oh, there we go. There we go. We can get it like that. Yensid has a book of prophecies. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Ah, I missed it. I missed it. Maybe that's why it's so brief, because they don't want you to see it. Ah, I can't see it. I'm trying to get it at the exact right moment, but I can't seem to. Also playing birth by... Okay, one second. One second. Can't. I can't really see it. If anyone can get a picture of it, I'll look at it then. I'll look at it then. Slow down the vid. It's It's in OBS. It's not like it's a YouTube video. Maybe there's another. Let's zip around. Is there anything else? No. Okay. I don't think he has a book of prophecies. That's a fair position. That's a fair position. I think he does. I think if you look at that book on his table, in Kingdom Hearts 2, if you look at the book on, on his table, it says book of the past, book, book of the present, book of the future. You tell me why he has a book of the future on his desk. See, here we go. Habib is with me, baby. Habib is with me. He's on the wave. He's on the wave. Like Strelitzia, I think they take off the cloak, they are vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's I think that's generally the idea. Generally the idea. All right. Let's move on to the final reason why I think he's the perfect villain for this series. And then we'll close it out with some questions from the chat. But reason number five. So, maybe this is an obvious one, but to me the reason why he's the perfect villain for this series, his charisma is unmatched, right? His charisma is unmatched and he stands out. Rion Suke says, where do I send the photo? Let me get you a Discord link. I don't know if you have Discord, but if you have a Discord, you could always join and drop it in there and then I can get it. But I think perhaps one of the most important things about the Master of Masters, excuse me, excuse me, is that he really is such a standout character. Like, in this cast of characters, he really stands out. And he's not a villain, like, he's a very different villain from Xehanort. Like, that's the other thing, too, is that there's so... Yo, thank you, Umbra. Thanks for getting that for me. Best mod in the game, ladies and gentlemen. Best mod in the game. But, with that said, 
he is a very, very different villain than Xehanort. Completely different demeanor, different goals, different motives. And that's part of what makes him stand out. Xehanort was like a very cool, calm, collected, composed, like always walking with his hands behind his back. Like he was just very slow moving, calculated, you know, and that's part of what made him cool. That's part of what made him a great villain. But the Master of Masters is very different. He is sporadic. He's all over the place. He's throw, you know, he he his um his volume fluctuates. His intensity fluctuates. He's a very volatile guy, right? Like if the Master of Masters was a chart, he'd look like this. It'd be a chart going like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But if Xehanort was a chart, it'd be like steady, very steady. But the Master of Masters is very chaotic, right? And I know um. I know Sonny Novus has actually talked about this a little bit, um, that the Master of Masters just seems very chaotic. And I think that creates such a good um, juxtaposition to the Master of Ma to Xehanort, who was all about order. Like Xehanort was all about order, right? He's gonna, he's gonna issue in a new order. He's gonna dictate light and darkness. He's gonna dictate the balance. He's all about that order. The Master, to me, seems more about chaos pure chaos like he's got his own order he wants to impose but part of that order is whatever chaos will but you know what actually i want to fight that i want to fight that the master himself might be chaotic but i think he wants to usher in an absolute order i'm going to take that back a little bit because i think what he's looking to usher in is an absolute order similar to xehanort but perhaps even crazier sunny is here why not sit back and Watch it play out. Exactly. Exactly. So I think he his end game is to usher in this divine order, but his way of getting there is just absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, absolute legend in the chat, Sonny Novus. Why not sit back and watch it play out? And again, very, very different from Xehanort, who Xehanort's like, I have to act. I have to act. I must act. Not that... Not that, um, you know, the Master of Masters doesn't have his own sense of duty. He most certainly does. But in the sense that, you know, again, Master of Masters is much more like sit back on his heels. Watch it play out. Exactly. Strider Ryuki on Twitch. Nailing it. Get order through chaos. Absolutely. He wants a tyranny of absolute light. Yeah. It's, it's you know, I bring it up. I know there's not a lot of overlap between the Kingdom Hearts and Soul Calibur fan base. You know, I, I'm a unique standout in that point. But Soul Calibur gets into this idea too. That if you, for instance, in Soul Calibur, you have Soul Edge and Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is this demonic sword of darkness and chaos, right? And then you have Soul Calibur, which is this sword of light and divine order. In one of the endings, in one of the alternate endings, let's say, of uh, Soul Calibur V, Soul Edge is destroyed and completely removed from the equation. Now all that remains is Soul Calibur, and what happens is the entire planet freezes over. Because when you have nothing but order, everything's stuck, everything's frozen, everything's stagnant. So that was represented, in a sense, by the world becoming frozen over. I think the Master of Masters has a very similar goal. His way of getting there, though, is getting there, again, through the darkness. Everybody, can we give it up for Andrew McKee? 
Our second newest Sage of the Lodge today becomes a junior Sage over on YouTube. Can we give it up for Andrew McKee becoming our newest, our latest Sage of the Lodge? Sent some pictures on Discord. All right, let me let me pull this up. I can always pull it up on the screen cap. Let me see this. Let's check this out. Oh, baby, we got a lot coming in. Okay. There, okay, there's the symbol. Okay. Let me, give me a second here, guys. Let me just pull this up and then we'll be able to give it a good look. All right, doing a little live production. That's how we do things. So there's the symbol. What it means, I don't know. Uh, wait, it's not one of the Scala runes, is it? It's not one of the Scala runes, is it? We have those now. One second. One second. That symbol is interesting, actually, because it's the symbol of Ares. Really? Let me, let me, I'm going to look up a few things, guys. Scala ad Kylum runes. Love the channel, love the streams. Hey, we love you, brother. Thanks for chilling. Damn it, who's got those runes? I gotta find the runes. Okay, let me see this. I'm looking. I'm looking at some of the runes now. The list I'm looking at doesn't seem to have it. No. Let me check another list of Scala runes. Okay, I don't see it on the list of Scala runes. Let me see what the chat's getting in about. Let me see what chat's getting in about. One second. Let's switch this back over. Switch that back over. Let me see what you guys are getting on. If it's in Scala script, I know people who have made progress translating that. Yeah, we've we've uh, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of that coming out. So I'm wondering if maybe that is a Scala rune. Hmm. Let's see. Looks like a palm tree from Destiny Islands. Yeah, if you were gonna like stick figure it. I could see it. It is only Scala text. It's a capital letter. Could be an incomplete S or F. I don't know. The Aries symbol, Umbra? Wasn't the Zodiac on one of the missing link pages? One second. Yeah, we haven't looked at that. Aries Zodiac sign. Okay, I see the overlap. Let me see. Anything else thrown in the Discord? No. Okay. Let's keep going. Yeah, we're basically in the question section now, guys. I've I've pretty much laid out everything I wanted to lay out. So we're pretty much just in the open discussion portion. Zodiac symbols are present in point two and also in missing link. They're in the world thing map thing. Interesting. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yes. Okay. Master Odin passed away, right? Like we actually seen him go? Actually, no. Dark Road ends. Dark Road essentially ends. And Master Odin goes to another like world to live out his life. So we don't we don't know. We don't know what became of Odin. He could make a comeback. For all we know. Don't think it's anything of the Scala alphabet. Can't see any letters which look like it. Yeah, when I was looking through um one of the lists. It didn't, it didn't look like it. 
Great stream, Landy. Always a good time. Hey, I aim to please. I aim to please and entertain. Grunty Turfu says, hello. I believe the Master of Masters is a desperate extremist on the side of light. Oh, yeah. We've been on that all day. He is not someone we know. He is a new character we never saw before. I would agree with everything you said 100%. Okay. So can I ask something? It has something to do with FF14, reminding me a lot of FF14. Is it reminding you of Shadowbringers? Because if it's reminding you of Shadowbringers, I think I know where you're going with it. But feel free to, feel free to ask away. All right. Let's keep this rolling. Okay. We aim to pour gravy here. Yes, we do. And pour gravy, we do. I just realized the NSID's chair is super tall like the Organization 13 chairs. I think it's a stylistic choice. Okay. Who said it was something evil? He just broke a nature taboo. It means he broke what is destined to happen through special circumstances. Yeah, it doesn't make you evil. Shadowbringers. Oh, I, I get what you're putting down. Also, you got taste. Thank you. Yeah. Shadowbringers. I think there's going to be a lot of overlap between Shadowbringers and the Lost Masters arc. I'll put that there. I'll, I'll say that. The actual function of Kingdom Hearts is still so mysterious. Also, how Xehanort and Ericus exit in Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't think we've seen the last of Xehanort and Ericus. Just my opinion. Yeah, especially with the Convocation members and Elidibus most of all. Yes. Yes. Emmett Selk. I, I actually, I'm going to say it right now. If the Master of Masters is similar to Emmett Selk, he's going to be my favorite character in all of fiction. If Master of Masters lives out the Emmett Selk archetype, he will be my favorite character like in anything ever. Sorry for banging the table. Okay. There's a Heaven Sword writer working on Missing Link. Yes! And it's why you should be excited. It's why you should be excited. Is it problematic if I post a message without being invited to this chat? No, you could you could post a message. Don't worry about it. Yes, it's chair. Does anyone remember which classes in FF12 went to which Zodiac sign? I do not. FF12 is a good game, but it's towards the bottom of my list. Okay. Random side note, but what do you think is the likelihood of Kingdom Hearts 4 marketing this year? We got another trailer coming. I'll say that. Xehanort being in the art in the real world got me thinking that they ended up in the same place as Sora along with Riku. I think so too. And you know, he talks about that 14th life. But th this channel, we at this channel have talked about that so much. Okay. Again, as Master of everyone is invited. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I want to know your Final Fantasy tier list. I'll give you my top six. I'll give you my top six in no particular order. In no particular order, my top six is FF10, FF7 slash FF7 Remake, FF10, FF7 slash 7 Remake, FF14, FF9, FF6, FF16. So, 10, 7, 14, 16, 9, and 6. That's my top six. I would do a top five, but it's too good. Jay, you take care. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you. Anyone else have a nagging feeling that the Master of Masters has used the power of waking, and that is why there are different books of prophecy copies? I, I think he very well may have abused the power of waking. I think he very well may have abused it. 
I'm going to look into Shadowbringers later. Oh, you should. You should. Odin is definitely tied in some way to whose eye is in the no-name. They planted his eye in the Keyblade on the wall too many times in Union Cross. <sighs> I think you might be right. I think you might be right. It might be interesting if they replaced it with his. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? V-Train is, yeah, you're a little late, but we're chilling. Don't worry. I'm starting to see Kingdom Hearts as sentient and the original logos, teaching the archetypes of light and dark through an ordinary dull boy. Sound like life much? I could see it too. I really think Kingdom Hearts is sort of a sentient being and that Sora might be who Kingdom Hearts sent. If that makes sense? Ooh, I like your picks, but I gotta go 7 slash remake. FF13, very underrated. FF6, FF14, 16, and 15. Okay. I look, I, I, you know, I, man, I don't know what I liked better, 13 or 15. I got to think about that. Okay. Odin is either related to brain, not blood related, related to massive masters or Yen Sin. No other way. It has to explain how he ended up with that. You know what I mean? It would have to explain how he ended up with the no name Keyblade. Sora is the king of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but I hope that's the... If that's going to be the case, I hope it's based on merit and not that he it was, like, in his blood. Grunty Turfu asks, quick question. Do you think that the master is really evil? He gives me, I'm not fundamentally bad, but I'm an unpredictable guy vibe. Could be wrong. I don't think he's... It's weird. Do I think he's evil? Yes. Do I think he thinks he's evil? No. Is he completely evil? No. I think he's more misguided than he is evil. But at the end of the day, the guy's manipulating people left and right. Manipulating them left and right. So who's to say? Okay. We got, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a super chat from Josh Z who says, is it possible that Master of Masters is, is the false king because he seems to want to rule over the false reality of, let me get to your chat here, Quadratum. I find it sus that he talks about false light. Maybe he is the false light? Ooh, I like that. I like that. That maybe Yazor is the true king, but the Master of Masters, excuse <sighs> me, that Yazor is the true king? but the master of masters could be this false king and that maybe the master of masters is the one who took his body. Right? I think you're, I, Josh Z, I think you're onto something, brother. I think you're onto something, brother. That master of masters is really going to be the false king. Because think about it. Okay. Xehanort talked about the tyranny of light. The tyranny of light. And that Ericus was blind to the tyranny of light. What else does the master represent other than the tyranny of light? And that's what Xehanort wanted to prevent. And what does Master of Masters say to Xehanort? Oh, I suppose letting false light uh, dictate the future might be a lousy move. What he may not know is he was talking about himself. That's, that's the irony of that scene. Is like, here, let me... Like, the irony of this scene, guys. The irony of this scene is By that greater the false power. light... Simply strip the strong of their power well and convince themselves they've earned it. 
the tyranny of life. That's how people that become tainted here. by darkness. My was the one sitting right They believe there, what they right want to believe. Nose, using right hollow nose. reasons as justification. They repeat this cycle. Schnoz, and right their there, darkness okay? grows. So you're but saying no, Josh, the weak I, I really, feel the need to justify their really actions to maintain a sense of self. I think there's a lot of Can't let that slide? No. Oh god, I it's left it on! I left it on! But anyway, I got it. I got it. Did you mean to turn the cutscene audio on? Nope, not at all. It's just what I do sometimes. Okay. Exactly. False light versus true light. Gary Gabriel says, with the parallels between Yuzora and Noctis from the Versus 13 version, do you think Nomura could incorporate some elements of what he maybe want to do with Arden? You know, hear me out about this, Gary. I, I, I don't think the Master of Masters is an Arden parallel. I think Brain will be the Arden parallel. I think Brain might end up the Arden parallel. Let's, let's change the mood in here a little bit. Let's change the mood in here a little bit. We've hit late night. We've hit late night. Now we're cruising. I, I, I think, I honestly think that um, Brain might be closer to Arden. Let's keep it going. So how do you correlate to FF14 being like Kingdom Hearts? Shadowbringers. I think Shadowbringers in the Lost Masters arc in a lot of ways are going to tell the same story. Okay. The scene is ta- oh yeah, that's when the thing was over me. Yep, don't worry, we, we, we went and fixed it. If Master of Masters controls the Keyblade, then why doesn't he just summon Kingdom Hearts and purge the world? Because if he purges the world and resets it, I think it brings darkness back. He needs to create a world and existence without darkness before he can do that. Let's keep it going. Hey, hey, okay. Not gonna lie, that was hilarious. It happens. Listen, guys, I- I'm, my, I'm the host, I'm the producer, I do the marketing, I do the notes. God bless Umbra for being the mod, because if he wasn't here, I'd have to mod my own stream too. So there's, there's going to be some funny mistakes here and there, but let's keep it going. I honestly can't wait to see the Yuzora and the Master interact. I think the Master of Masters might be the one who told Yuzora to save Sora. Hey, yo, we got a $2 super chat from a Sage of the Lodge, Master of Masters, saying... The master is too smart for Xehanort. Look, Xehanort and Ericus were playing chess. The master of masters played 4D chess, and then he switched to dominoes. I suppose, I suppose letting cutscene audio dictate the podcast might be a pretty lousy move. You son of a bitch. Umbra is the one-man team. He's, he's holding down two. He's modding YouTube and Twitch. He's modding two platforms at once. Getting it done. But Master of Masters, thank you, dude. I, I appreciate the super chat. Much appreciated. Grunty Terry says, I can't wait to see the moment where the Master of Masters, the man who started all the events of the series, is going to face the heroes. Yeah. An exciting, exciting prospect. Okay. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. That could be interesting because I did like Arden despite the changes in the story. I liked Arden a lot too. He's one of my favorite Final Fantasy villains. I don't know if he's in my top five. Let's see, what would be my top five? In no order, I would go Emmett Selk, Sephiroth. 
that's where it starts to get tricky. I'm going to say yes. Actually, I think I would put him in my top five. Because Sephiroth and Emmett Selk just fly so high above the rest for me. I like Kefka a lot, but I don't know. It would be cool to see the thing with the Masters being like stuff with the Ashians. I think that's where we're headed. Sephiroth, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. I think that's where we're headed. I think that's where we're headed. Okay. Keep it rolling. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Umbra. Best Sage. Getting it done. Getting it done. Don't you notice how it plays out every single time? It just adds up till it all fails down. Lyrics to Dominoes by Los Hermanos. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. The man's playing Dominoes. He's watching it all fall. He's watching it all fall. Okay, I love Sephiroth and Kefka are good. I love them both too. Emmett Selk's probably my favorite. I, I want to say Jekt, but Jekt's not really a villain. Like Seymour is more of the villain. But Jekt is a villain too, you know, because he's Sin. So I, I, I want to put Jekt in there. Let's see. If Master of Masters ever says, I'm just a man of no consequence, I'm going to lose it. It'd be so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. That little line with everything we've talked about would be crazy. Okay. What if the whole silver hair thing is because there's an FF7 world and Sephiroth got a Keyblade? He don't need one. He's got the Masamune. He's got the Masamune. Okay. Let's keep this going. I think the I think Kingdom Hearts, the real one, has power over time. And the Master is planning to use Kingdom Hearts to revert the trapped true darkness into its real form to kill it. Ooh, let me say that again. I think Kingdom Hearts, the real one, has power over time. And the Master is planning to use Kingdom Hearts to revert the trapped true darkness into its real form to kill it. Ooh. Yeah, get it back into its physical form. To actually slay it. But it makes you think, like, what world is the Master from? And that's the thing. That's why it's like he may not even be human. It's why I think the Master of Masters may not even be human. Because, like, what world is he from that darkness has a physical form that if that physical form was killed, darkness is just gone? Is it the realm of the gods where darkness is just like one of the demon gods? And if you slayed that physical demon god, he's gone? Like, is it a world of deities and forces of nature? Because, like, what world is he from that darkness had a physical form? Like, a, a, a legitimate physical form, not like it possessed someone. You guys get my point. You know why I'm freaking out. You know why I'm freaking out. Let's keep this going. Let's keep it rolling. The blue filter is sick. Use it more often. I will. I will. When there's, when there's daylight, because, like, when there's day, because I have a lot of natural light in here. When the natural light is coming in, it doesn't work. But once the sun goes down, it's perfect. Perfect. He need, yeah, all he needs is Masamune. Yeah, baby. I think Sora is doomed to not have peace unless he becomes the guardian of Kingdom Hearts. I agree. I think the story ends with him in the way Zack and Aerith become the guardians of the live stream. I think him and Kyrie will be the guardians of Kingdom Hearts or something akin to that, the king and queen of Kingdom Hearts. I think that's where we're, I think that's where we're headed. If Landy added a bit more green hue to his nightlight, he'd look like he's an Amorot. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. That's why I think on reality is the only one way to destroy the darkness. You're 100% right. Because think about it, right? There are 13 darknesses. He encased six within the foretellers and one within himself. Now, for all intents and purposes, those might be slain or those might still be within them. 
Let's just say, for instance, they're slain. I think his plan now, as he stated in Union Cross, is to use the Dandelions. But what he needs to do is get the Dandelions over to Quadratum, and then he'll, he'll enact the ritual there, essentially. I think he's a shapeshifter. That would be cool. I would love... Wouldn't that be fucking cool if the Master of Masters could morph into anyone? Right? Wouldn't that be cool? And then you wouldn't be able to trust anything or anyone. And then when he says, again, when he says, believe the truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. And if he's able to like shapeshift into other characters, like Orochimaru style, that would be nuts. That would be nuts. All right. Let's keep it going. Let's keep going. Oh boy, I think I lost my place. I think I lost my place. There we go. Lanny blended into his background trying to sneak up on you. <laughs> I keep wondering, what if we don't even fight Master of Masters in this arc? Like we are building up to the next arc later on. Maybe Lushu being the big bad this time around. Yeah, it's very possible. It's very possible we don't fight him at all. Or it's possible we fight him and we get bodied and that's how the arc ends. You remember my theory of the Master about his tragic story? I do. Actually, that's a good question. Do you think Master of Masters is from the Kingdom Hearts side of reality or the unreality side of reality? I think he's from the Kingdom Hearts side of things because he said it's a world he can't even conceive, right? That was his thoughts about unreality. Also, there's a lot of FF13 and FF7 in Kingdom Hearts story. Definitely a lot of FF7. I've not played 13-2 or Lightning Returns, and I hear that a lot of the parallels really come from there. Bro, Mighty Morphin Master of Masters. Oh, you get it. If Master of Masters was originally from Quadratum, oop, lost my place there. One second. What if Master of Masters was originally from Quadratum? That's why he uses real-world businessman terms when talking to a said, and you here is a big promotion. Good job. But I mean, like, there's promotions at, um, like, Uncle Scrooge's restaurant, you know? And, like, you get promoted to, like, Dandelion, I suppose. It's possible because Ava can shapeshift. Vexodus! Vexodus! I love it. And what, man, what a stream today. Straight up cooking, Landy. Thank you to Snake Boy. One thing, Strider Ryuki says, one theory I have is the player's character being an astral projection of the Master of Masters. Another theory is, what if Master of Masters is the Kingdom Hearts incarnation of Bahamut? Yeah, then we'd have a lot of FF15 overlap there. That would be cool. Honestly, if Master of Masters is Bahamut, not mad. Not mad. Okay. Truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. I know, right? Okay. Wait, couldn't he be the Kingdom Key? Keyblades have shown sentience at times. You know, I actually wanted to talk about that. I think the Kingdom Key might be the Master's original Keyblade. I don't think No Name is his original Keyblade. I think he made No Name in that moment. I think it's possible the Kingdom Key might be his or something. I don't know. I don't know. Another conversation for another day. Yes, I have both thir FF13 2 and Lightning Return parallel Sora a lot. Ooh. May have to may have to get into that. Dude, play 13-2 and Lightning Returns. It'll be worth it. Honestly, I've been thinking about streaming it this year. 
There's more to life than meets the eye, Umbra. Exactly. That's what he's getting at. Okay. All right. Hang tight, everybody. I got to uh, run a visit to the Little Kingdom Hearts room. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep this going for a little bit. But hang tight. We'll be right back before we close this out. second <laughs> i left my bathroom light on <laughs> let me turn that off okay now we vibing now we vibing now we vibing so let's see where did we leave off where did we leave off let's get the chat highlight in here get that set up let's put that over there i think it'll look nice and neat underneath that screen perfect okay we're rolling we're gaming gamers that beer egg backseat was amazing bro feeling refreshed that's my dog kobe you know today's been a fun enough episode maybe maybe i'll bring kobe in to say hi to the folks before we close up have a little kobe guest star appearance at the end of the episode all right let's see welcome back I believe Nick Murray brought up the idea earlier, and I want to bring it to light. LOL. Nick said the Master of Masters eye is the camera in all the scenes we see throughout the series. That would be a cool idea. But I feel like it's quite clear we don't have a Keyblade's eye view of everything. Silver Dash says you might be onto something because even the ancient Keyblade has two kingdom keys in it. Yeah, what if the Master of Masters has a kingdom key and Sora has a kingdom key and it, that could play into his plan maybe to some, create like a new keyblade I don't know random idea dark vibes master of masters vibes we're vibing we're vibing okay let's throw this back on 
Let's keep rolling. I'm begin I've been thinking about how Nomura said he thinks of Sora and Noctis as his sons. Interesting implications for what's next. Yeah, that's why I kind of make a joke that Nomura is the master of masters, but it's not really a joke. Because Nomura is the dungeon master, for those who play D&D. If Master Master does turn out to be Sora, how would you react? Listen, guys, here's the thing. Like, I, I really don't care about story beats. I care about execution. So, like, do I think Sora is the Master of Masters? No. Do I want him to be the Master of Masters? No. But if he is the Master of Masters and it's executed well, I'm all in. Like, I, I just, I don't think, overall, I don't think story beats really matter it's more about execution. Like, execution is everything. Sora could be a fish, and if you execute it well, it could, it could make you cry, for all you know. You know what I'm saying? This world is full of light. It's a world comprised of many small worlds, all connected, stretching as far as the eye can see. One great light protects us all throughout this vast land. Yeah, it's obvious Kingdom Hearts itself is in his... <sighs> Guys, guys, guys. Okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. I thought of something. I thought of something. I, I want to pull up. I want to pull up a good. Do we have it? Do we have it? I want to pull up the scene. I want to pull up the scene. Is this just? This clip is just Union Cross, isn't it? Back cover. One second, one second. I gotta, I gotta pull something up, guys. One second. I gotta, I gotta pull something up. I gotta pull something up. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got something. I got something. But we need a visual. We need a visual. We need a visual. Where is it? Where is it? Perfect, perfect. Okay. Getting that over here. Blow this up. Okay. Now, let's talk, gang. Let's talk. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe I'll make this a little smaller. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. And let's make this a little bigger so we can get a really good view of this. Perfect. Okay. So, I think it's the master's plan to bring the real Kingdom Hearts into Quadratum. His way of doing it, hear me out, maybe uh, on one hand he could just want to use Sora because Sora can control the Keyblade, or maybe he wants to forge his own Keyblade in Unreality using Sora's Kingdom Key, and maybe he's got a Kingdom Key. Here. Let me, let's keep this visual going. Let me keep this visual going. Where is it? If anybody could fetch me a PNG of the Keyblade, that would really come in handy because I want to put it up on screen. But um, I, I, that's what I think's going on. You know, it's obvious to me Kingdom Hearts is part of his plan. It's obvious to me Kingdom Hearts is part of his plan. It's like super obvious to me that's the plan. Hold on one second. I don't have the... uh. Ooh, I didn't set that up for this scene. Okay, one sec. Let's hop over here. Let me just grab this. Throw that here. 
Okay. Let's keep our highlight on it. All right. Oops, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to move your guys' chat over. I have you guys on the wrong screen. All right. Oh boy. Actually, there's probably no way for me to do that. Okay, never mind. But anyway, Silver Dash got it. Let me let me peep it. Let me peep it. Silver Dash says, "What if the Kingdom Key is the equivalent of the Starlight Keyblade in the Master of Masters era?" Ooh, I like that. Like all the wielders have it. Kingdom. Oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting take. That's a very interesting take. Yeah, what if the Kingdom Key was the original Starlight and it was just like your default blade and the Master's just from that time? So he's got a Kingdom Key. Hello, heads up, heads up. We've got another super chat from the Master of Masters himself asking, did I break your mind? You did. You got us thinking, my dude. You got us thinking. I will say that. Big shout out to Master of Masters hitting us with that. Another super chat. Much love. Also, shout out to Kamega LP for the follow on Twitch. But, because the Kingdom Key has to come from somewhere, right? It has to come from somewhere. And we know, again, we know the Master of Masters. Kingdom Hearts is part of his plans. It's one of the first things he talks about when we are introduced to his character. He talks about what it is, one great light, all, all light stems from that light. Like, anyway. It seems to me like he wants to bring it in to Quadratum and maybe by forging a new kingdom key is how he's going to do it. You just hit me. The recent Missing Link Q&A where they actually asked if the kingdom key would show up in Missing Link. Did they say it would? Did they say it would? I'm convinced the Keyblade we've seen isn't the real Keyblade considering we never summoned the true Kingdom Hearts. Why would we have the true Keyblade? It's a good point. I mean, remember, the one that we've seen is the one that's a product of Xehanort's work. Both times, that's just a product of Xehanort's work. Maybe the Master of Masters has a new plan. <clears throat> Check Discord for the Keyblade pictures. I, I don't think we need them anymore. I do appreciate it. Let me see. Did you put it in artwork? Oh, did you put it in the Kingdom Hearts section? Jeez. Ah, oh, there it is. Silver Dash got it. Perfect. Let me save this in case we need to pull it up at some point. Just in case we need to pull that up. Let's keep rolling. They said no comment. Oh! They said no comment to the Kingdom Key showing up? I don't know, dude. I don't know, dude. Still don't like the design of the Keyblade, to be honest. It is a little janky. It is a little janky. Okay. What if the Master Masters is just the Kingdom Key floating under a nobody hood, making it nobody? Dun, dun, dun. All right. He did say he wasn't planning on sacrificing anyone. Kind of my point. Like, again, for those who... Persona 5 Royal, Naruto Shippuden. I think, he's, I think he's got a similar plan. That's all I'm going to say. 
Who was the person that was standing next to Master Masters at the end of the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer? We don't know. Could be Seagird. Could be Lushu. Could be Young Xehanort. Could be Yazora. We don't know. Okay. Alexis Lyles says, hello, longtime viewer of a first time catching a stream. Hope everyone's having a great day. Can we give a warm welcome to Alexis catching our stream live here? Alexis, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out in the lodge and thanks for tuning thanks for chiming in on the live stream. I had a Keyblade replica, but it broke. You know, the master of masters saying that. It's gotta be something to it. The zippers being the keyblade is very curious. Oh, the, the zippers? Am I lost? Am I lost? Did no one notice on the keychain on the keyblade almost looks identical to the skull and cross on Yazora's shoulder? Really? Oh, the crossing keyblades. Yeah, that is similar. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Welcome. Greetings. Welcome to the lodge. Replica Monado. <laughs> Ay, Dios mio. Okay. Keeping it rolling. Let's see what else you guys have to say. Let's see. The coat zippers look like the Keyblade. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Took me a second. Took me a second. Okay, Strider Ryuki says, what if the Master of Masters has the actual true Keyblade and needs another Keyblade in order to connect their world with Quadratum? That's what I think may be going on. Because he has, he needs to use Sora for something. He needs to use Sora for something. I've always felt like the Kingdom Key was interesting weapon. In Bioroxx's video breakdown, shout out to Bioroxx, by the way, uh, of Data Master Xehanort, you see the Keyblade visibly turn into the Kingdom Key plus Kingdom Key D. Ooh. Interesting. Well, I gotta go. Great stream, Landy. Maybe the best ever. We were massively cooking today. We were massively cooking today. I could say this is definitely one of my favorite episodes ever. I've had a killer time. Um, I'm glad I've able, been able to kind of level up the production a little bit. You know, I can't say I'll always have like, you know, this kind of stuff on command. But you know, for when we're really cooking, when we're really cooking, I'll have some stuff like that. Because there are some there are some podcast episodes where I'm like stream of consciousness, and there are other podcasts like this one where it's like I've got some notes, I've got a little table of things I want to go through. You get my point. I'm sure there is a giant zipper in the black box. I believe it. Okay. I've seen a lot of Kingdom Hearts theory videos, and a few of them make sense, others not so much, like the Secret Reports YouTube channel. Secret Reports is remarkable. She, she's remarkable at what she does. I'm telling you, the keys. The Keyblade. That channel makes a good analysis of Kingdom Hearts. I could not recommend her channel enough and would love to have her on the podcast one day. I, I think she would be an incredible podcast guest. I'd love to pick her brain. Which, by the way, we have some very exciting podcast guests coming in the next month. You guys will be very happy with me. All right. Okay. With that said, how long have we been rolling? An hour 47? Okay. It's just sea salt ice cream in the box. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe the master wants to use Sora's ability to make connections. 
Yes. 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 Oh, what do we have here? What do we have here? Oh, geez. Chat is going crazy. Copy link address. Let's see what we're cooking up here. Let's see what we're cooking up. Oh, we have an update. No, we don't. Never mind. <laughs> Excuse me. Umbra, what am I looking for in this trip? I'm trying to find the OG Japanese tweets, but obviously that's hard. I gotcha. I think he will steal Sora's powers, leaving him in a state like in the other games. Yeah, because you have to reset Sora at every point. You have to reset Sora at every point at the end of every game, so I could see that happening. Absolutely. All right. Okay, guys. I'm going to wrap up today's episode. This has been a killer, killer time. I've had fun. Have you guys had fun? Because I know I've had fun. Um, you know what? Since it's been such a fun episode, this is a mention about the kingdom key. Oh, that's the... Uh, oh, the no comment. Yeah, oh, okay, I see what you mean. Oh, okay, perfect. All right, so today's been a killer time. I've had a great time with today's podcast. I, I thought we covered a lot of cool ground. I thought we had a nice conversation. Fun episode as of yet. Hope to know how much of a gamer you later on. Hey, welcome aboard. I'm glad you're with us. You guys want to see Kobe? Do we want to do a Kobe farewell? Do we want to bring in the, do we want to bring in the Lodge mascot? Ah, thank you for helping the time go faster. That's what I'm here for, man. Here to make the wait for Kingdom Hearts games easier. Here to make your day of work or dishes or driving easier. You know what I mean? Pupper. Do the people want the pupper? Are the people demanding the pupper? I'll bring the pupper. I'll bring the pupper. Let's get some good light so we can see him. I don't always end. I don't always end an episode with Kobe, but we can end. We can end today's episode with Kobe. Give me a sec. I'll go get him. I'll go get him. I'll go get him. One sec. Buddy. Buddy. I brought the good boy. I brought the good boy. Kobe. The people are here. They want to say hi. 
This is Kobe. We had a really good podcast today, buddy, so the people want to see you. Okay? Anyway, guys, this has been a fantastic episode. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in. You're all awesome. You want to go down? You want to go down? Okay, buddy. Let's get you down. Let's get you down. You want a treat? You want a treat? I brought you a treat. You want a treat? Come. Anyway, it's been a great episode. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. You guys are great. You want your treat? You want your treat? I'm going to end the episode here. It's Kobe's night now. <laughs> anyway, you guys are awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it here. Have a good night. We'll see you on the next one. You want your treat, buddy? There you go. Good night, everybody. See you on the next episode. Peace.